2: You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big, I mean huge, for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started.
1: They say if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say... What a load of bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt, and now some identity thief wants to set it free? Crazy talk. LifeLock helps monitor your info and alerts you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, we'll help fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but LifeLock helps you keep what's yours. Save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with promo code LifeLock.
2: This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Troy. With me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He's the diamond stud to my Diamond Dallas page. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? Hey, yo. Man, you're back. Unfortunately, we couldn't, you know, match up our schedules last week for our first show of the second year of podcasting but you're back and i'm happy to have you back man we're talking about great american bash 1991 how do you feel about covering more wcw from 91
3: you normally i'd be okay with it but man this event was uh, almost, well, <laughs>
2: yeah we'll get into it it's uh yeah there's some stuff on the show man i'll i'll say that yeah but this was the show where... If this anybody is one of those goes,
3: ones I had to walk, watch back because I didn't remember it, and that's never a good sign.
2: Yeah. Well, if anybody goes back and looks at any promotional material, the advertised main event is Lex Luger versus Ric Flair for the WCW title. Well, didn't exactly happen that way. Well...
3: And, well... Anybody uh, watching <laughs> my Jokers don't know where they came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> well, we are... uh gonna talk about a lot of that in the news and notes and all that good stuff for this one but man it feels good to be in our second year of podcasting man we've we've survived this long and people still listen to us
3: remember we started this just because we were bored because we were locked in the house
2: <laughs> yeah i know because i i kept putting it off putting it off and you're like dude i'm bored let's do a podcast and i'm like all right so yeah we uh i don't i don't regret it it's been fun and it's given me an excuse to go back and watch some of these old shows that Some of them I wouldn't have watched if if not for this, so or if I did, it'd be way down the line. But either way, uh, we are brought to you by FuboTV and Fanatics. They are sponsors of the show. If you want to cut the cord, FuboTV is the way to do it. Fanatics has your officially licensed sports swag from all professional sports leagues and even college with the NCAA. Click on the links down in the description. Uh, I will not second that. Go Bucks! (laughs) And not, not the boxing in the NBA, by the way, Buckeyes.
3: No, I want Bucks. them to win, too, and get rid of the – well, we're recording early, but anyway, go cool. on.
2: Anyway, yeah. So either way, click on the links down in the show description. Let them know that the main event marks in the Unhinged Sports Network sent you. And also subscribe if you're listening on the podcast feed and leave a review, and uh, that would help us out, get us seen, get us heard more. And if you're listening on the podcast feed and want to hear us live, it's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. It's free internet radio. Go to that website. We play live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And again at 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, right after that one. So, all right, you ready to dive into all the news and notes we got for today, man? I think so. I think you'll actually like some of this. It's it's uh, wild, man. I'll, I'll say that. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about all the news and notes from the summer of 1991. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the Main Event Marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official Main Event Mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Main Event Marks.
0: Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. (laughs) And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola.
1: Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven.
2: are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show all right news and notes time from june Wait, we're in june right of 91 or yeah. july.
3: july sorry Well, june Ju- july yeah
2: yeah so early july late june of 91 so here or er, yeah either way <laughs> the first top story here has to be this it couldn't be anything else The Ric Flair firing by WCW on July 1st actually made national news, with papers throughout the country picking up the story, with all coverage being sympathetic to Flair. Some local North Carolina uh, reporters are even calling for a fan boycott of WCW events.
3: Wow. (laughs) Well, I mean, I remember back then, Ric Flair was like God in pro wrestling.
2: Especially in the Carolinas. Yeah, right. Uh, Rick Flair had put up a $25,000 deposit for the big gold belt, which was standard at the time. I just, wow. That's like some people's yearly salary.
3: What's crazy is, and this is on a knock, I like the title, but it's like, that title was never that special, I thought, to require that big of a deposit. I mean, it's it, nice, don't get me wrong, but really?
2: I'm just going to go out on a limb and say there's no way in hell that thing cost $25,000. Not even that, a That would be change. my point, yeah. yeah. Unless
3: it was made of actual gold.
2: Yeah, which I doubt it. But anyway, well we can ask Conrad Thompson.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not jewelers, so but you know. Yeah, right.
2: But anyway. I wish that was.
3: He, he, <laughs> right.
2: But anyway, I guess he demanded it back uh you know, that, interest. to get the deposit that's back. Huge,
3: that's a huge yeah. thing, he always says he wanted that and interest.
2: Oh really? Yeah. No, I did I did not know that. But yeah, I guess he demanded to get the deposit back upon dropping the title, which, you know, that's how deposits work. You know, you don't have really? it anymore. Yeah. It's like for people that don't know, you know, when you put a deposit down after that time is expired or whatever, or you don't have that thing anymore. You get the deposit back. So.
3: <laughs> Legend has it. Jim Hurd tried to offer him Pizza Hut coupons instead.
2: Oh, good Lord.
3: I can't confirm that. Damn well, sure not going to deny it, though. Okay. <laughs>
2: Well, Jim Hurd refused, allegedly telling Flair, F*** you and that belt.
3: Hmm.
2: Which <laughs> is, you know, the most professional thing you could possibly say to one of your employees.
3: Yeah. So the reason you, he's liked by nobody. So, honestly, real quick, have you ever heard anybody say one good thing about that man?
2: Um, Jim Ross tries to be nice to him, like, about
3: him. So that's, well, he's a I, southern boy with manners, so to be fair.
2: Yeah. But just like, really? The guy's like, hey, that money I gave you that you're supposed to return to me when I, you know, don't have this title anymore, I want it back. No, F you. How dare you? Like, what? Um,
3: Let's not gloss over Rick Flair, (laughs) Barry Horowitz himself, because he said he never got the money back early because he felt he was going to have multiple runs, which, okay, it's not a far fetched thing to think, but. (laughs)
2: Well, I'm sure he found out in short order. It's like, well, I was integral to the selling or the the purchase of WCW by Turner. Because I mean Turner came right out and said, Well if no Rick Flair, I don't want I don't want the company. So that after that he was probably like, Well, I'm gonna be the guy around here. And then they hired Jim Hurd and Jim's like, nah, F you
3: Why wouldn't you Okay, first of all he didn't like you know, and I'm not like an expert on this, but I heard he knew nothing about wrestling ever. So Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> why wouldn't you Ask somebody, hey, who's this Ric Flair guy? Do I want him on my staff? Don't want him to be the guy.
2: Well, plus he works for Turner. Turner likes Flair. Where where was the disconnect? Well,
3: according to Bischoff, Turner
2: loved Flair. <laughs> yeah. So where was the disconnect here? Like, what was going on? Where Ted, like, I, I know Ted didn't stick his nose in a lot, but uh, did he not pay attention? Like, did Rick not? If I was Rick, I would have went straight to Ted and was like, hey, this guy's an effing moron. He's trying to bury me. Can you know you? do something about it, because otherwise I'm leaving. Which, you know, he did, but... But speaking of that title, the NWA announced that they were still recognizing Flair as the World Heavyweight Champion, even though they don't promote wrestling shows anymore. The legal team for the NWA noted that WCW can recognize whoever they want as champion, but they have no right to strip Flair of the NWA title. So, this means that Flair can legally work Japan and indie shows as the NWA Champion, and since the belt is the NWA's belt... He no longer
3: has championship. Sorry.
2: <laughs> wow. He no longer has to return it to WCW. Further, since the NWA laws say that members can't recognize anyone but the NWA champion as world champion, this means that WCW will be expelled once they crown a new WCW world champion at the Bash. Wow. So lots to unpack there.
3: So what was Blair the big deal is... about appearing on WWE TV that They're going to expel him from it.
2: Yeah, well, I I assume because I always thought it was WCW that sent a cease and desist. Was it NWA that sent a cease and desist?
3: I've never heard a clear uh, word on that, so I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna assume all I know that's is NWA. I've always heard
3: I've always heard decent and desist. I've never heard who. So
2: right, because didn't he like his last appearance as the quote unquote real world champion? Didn't he have like an old tag belt?
3: Yeah, it was at the Survivor Series, I want to say.
2: Yeah, that was
3: freaking people, weird. Like, when we hear the stories of it, people don't realize that, that that didn't go on too long. We're talking maybe a month. Yeah. Like, so. I feel like history makes it out to be like, oh, we had that title on TV for like a year. That uh, was like yeah. a month at most.
2: Well, what was funny is Uncle Dave pointed out, you know, when WWE sued uh, WCW over the Nash and Hall thing in 96, he was like, the the legal arguments they're using right now are the reverse of the legal arguments they used as to why they should be allowed to have Flair strutting around as the NWA <laughs> champion. It's like yeah, it's kind of funny, but yeah. So he was still technically the NWA champion uh, until he popped up in WWE apparently, and NWA is like wild to
3: whoa. Think that was there the NWA champion on WWE TV? <laughs> right. Like I, I mean, know. you know, uh, it's. I don't know how, how we how we look at it. It's just like crazy, though.
2: And then he didn't drop. He didn't disrespect that title at all. He actually, if anything, he like built it up more.
3: I'm TV. completely of the mind. He knew he was going back at some point.
2: Oh yeah, probably. And he was. I think he was waiting for her to be gone.
3: But I think he knew that was going to happen quickly.
2: Right. Yeah, and that title didn't get trashed until Shane Douglas in ECW. Who, by the way, wow. blames Ric Flair for everything wrong that ever happened in his career. Yep. Irony. Uh But carrying on with this, on July 8th, WCW offered Ric Flair a one-year deal for $750,000, largely because the TBS legal department stepped in when it was uh, realized that Flair was fired without any just cause. Hmm, go figure.
3: About, he didn't want to shave his head and call himself Spartacus. That's that's good cause. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, not to mention that Flair was working with a valid contract, or, yes, with a valid contract that the company was attempting to replace with one for half as much money. However, since there was no guarantee given on how he'd be used, Flair turned it down. Wow. So, first, Hurd steps in and was like, hey, you know that contract that we, you know, we had you sign and we said we'd honor? Yeah, well, we're not going to honor it. And then he turns around and says, nah, you know what, never mind, you're fired. Why am I fired? Because I said so. Get out.
3: Fire me. I'm already fired.
2: <laughs> wow. I didn't even think about that. And then Turner Legal had to step in and was like, "Oh man, um, here's another contract. We're sorry. We're sorry." If, any,
3: here's a few if extra anybody goes back,
2: <laughs> if anybody goes back to so that, I'm thinking of that South Park episode at after that big oil spill and Ex, the Exxon CEO's like. We're sorry. And <laughs> it keeps popping up in different areas, <laughs> like, we're sorry. <laughs> what the hell?
3: Well, that makes it all better.
2: Yeah, right. And Flair's like, nope. And uh, t- to wrap this one up, apparently fans aren't taking this Flair news very well, loudly chanting, we want Flair at live events, and something that might get embarrassing for them. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> this became a thing in WCW for quite a while.
3: And everyone here <laughs> and here everyone thinks it's the CM Punk chants are original, just please.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I think they I will say this, I think they sustained that crap for longer. But yeah. uh uh I, can you imagine if Twitter was a thing in ninety one? Oh gosh. Uh
3: oh, uh, uh, I've thought about that for many, many time periods in wrestling, dude. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. Uh, this was this horrible.
3: The way Hogan lost the title, Andre. People rioted about <laughs> that.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, can you uh, can you imagine if like you know during the twin referee angle like what you were just talking about where yeah you know, they're like well actually uh, he has a twin brother that nobody ever mentioned he used to work for WCW like shut up what? nerd
3: what the hell
2: well <laughs> I'm thinking about the the guy in his mom's basement you know worst angle ever they already <laughs> did it in Mexico and it was better. <laughs> What the hell? You can't tell me. That wouldn't be a thing. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm just, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm spot on with it. But all right. Now to steroids as the national shaming of wrestling continues with pieces that are pretty devastating to Hulk Hogan in particular. Even worse, Lyle Alzado coming out as dying from steroids is turning into a nightmare for the WWF with the angle becoming that Alzado actually glorifies their use even as they kill him. Who's that again? Lyle Alzado. Uh, I want to say he was a football player.
3: Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: I was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. I was going to just... okay. yeah, ask you. It's like, uh, wasn't he a football player? Like, uh, and I think he turned actor at one point. But, oh, he, he was a Raider. He, how, how do you not?
3: I don't know uh, the, a lot of those old ones like that. Can yeah. you tell me, uh, Cleveland Brown from the seventies right now? I'll top of your head? Uh, Brian's like, who the hell's that? The quarterback from Red Right 88. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I believe that was the 80s, though. I'm, clear. I'm sure it's was the Was it? I'm pretty sure it was the 80s, yeah. Uh, 80s.
2: Man, I don't know.
3: It's too early in the morning. I don't know.
2: Yeah, Red Right 88, that uh, 1980 playoffs. Okay, so, I, well, he did play in the 70s, so I was kind of right. <laughs> Either way, getting back to this. Yeah, so steroids here man uh the message coming from his life is that he would have been too small to play football and succeed and the steroids were a ne- were a necessary part of the game for him the same message appears to cover over to the wrestling world oh man i don't know much about obviously you and i don't know much about lyle alzato so he can't comment on that part of it but uh, i
3: can picture his face now i'll just
2: He's a big, burly dude, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Yeah. So, uh, he was a defensive end, so he looks like every defensive end you've ever seen in your entire life. So, speaking of uh, Hulk Hogan, he's expected to appear on the Arsenio Hall show this week and <laughs> oh, smooth, man. smooth things over with a public apology. I can't possibly see how that could go wrong. <laughs> uh, Arsenio Hall, the guy from uh, Coming to America. Yep. Is is that what most people would remember him from that I can throw out there?
3: All I can remember him doing out of any show, so yeah.
2: Yeah, I know he did other things. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. That was re- that, that was it. And Arsenio Hall was like the the cool talk show back in the 90s. Like
0: yeah, everything on fans,
2: Yeah, they all barked like uh, like Cleveland fans. I think it started. I want to say he was a Cleveland fan. That's why that started. But I could be wrong. But I think I heard that somewhere. Either way. Yeah. So people that don't know what we're talking about, what we're getting at here, is on the show, he was like, oh, I never did steroids. Nah, not me. And then it came out later. It's like, yeah, you did. And like it's undis- like y- you can't argue that you did. Like there's evidence. And he's like, oh, well, uh, my bad, brother.
3: <laughs> I think he said the word basically like 27 times. Really? Yeah.
2: I never did see the whole interview. I just I just saw that like that little clip where he's like, No, oh, I never did steroids. And it's like, okay. And by the way, when he, I know that there was a stigma around them, but when Hogan did steroids, we gotta put in context, they were legal.
3: Yeah, clearly I, he didn't abuse them like everyone else, because unfortunately everyone else at this time is dead. And I hate saying yeah. that, but it's true. You know, it's...
2: But hey, Who's our favorite reporter, Greg? Besides, obviously, Uncle Dave. We got to talk tired. about him. No, no, even more favorite than him. He's in the top three, though. John Stossel? Bill oh. Mushnick. Oh.
3: <laughs> this guy. Man. Oh, that asshole. He may be yeah. with Uncle Dave, actually.
2: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, this guy, he, he's not even like, at least Uncle Dave occasionally hits a fact. Like, he, like, spray shot. And it's a fact well, every also now and then. Mind,
3: but like or not, Meltzer watches the product at least, too. So just keep that in yeah, mind. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, no, uh, Phil Mushnick might see a clip here and there and be like, you know, and he'll just like whole cloth make up a story just with complete fabrication of everything. But either way, Phil Mushnick launched a scathing piece in the New York Times against the WWF where he basically called out the media for buying into the Vince McMahon propaganda about the Wrestling Resurgence, which in reality didn't exist at this time. He then offered even more scathing criticism of former WWF hangers-on like Dick Ebersol, who were more than happy to play into the Vince line of BS when it made him money, but then ran away from serious coverage of wrestling when the Dr. Zahorian story broke. I mean, I don't think that was why. I, I think it was a little coincidental, maybe around the same time frame, but I don't think he was like, steroids, we're done. <laughs> I I mean, I could be wrong. No, the but article
3: just, says otherwise, so I believe it.
2: Yeah, well, you can't just print well, something. Yeah, I, you can never put fake news out there, Greg. Especially back then. It just didn't happen. Oh, gosh. Phil Nick is a piece of garbage. For people that don't know, like, the entire thing about the steroid story, Dr. Zahorian, I know I threw that name out there. He was the guy that got... Didn't he get charged for passing out steroids? Maybe. I think he got charged. He was a dirty doctor that worked for the WWF, and he was giving steroids out. So, and I think all that's been proven in court, so I can say that legally without getting in trouble. So, either way, getting into something else about the WWF here. Uh Primetime Wrestling is getting overhauled again, with Sean Mooney and Bobby Heenan taking over as full-time hosts for the next revamp.
3: Do you remember this? I remember it happening, yes.
2: I mean, I knew that Sean Mooney was a big part of it because, I mean, he named... Wasn't his podcast called The Primetime Podcast or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that was a, a thing for him. Obviously, I was way too young during this time to remember any of this, and I since haven't gone back to
3: watch it. Yeah, the- one of the things I remember them doing is, like, they went from, like, um sitting at a desk, and then they were all, like, in front of, like, a little studio audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just...
2: And as it far as the overhaul
3: goes, that's what I think. That's what I remember. So.
2: Here we go, man. Here's kind of a sign of the times. A show for the WWF at BC Plaza in Vancouver, which is a 60,000-seat dome with Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter on the card, only drew 5,500 people. Damn. Well, I had heard that this angle just uh, did not get over. Well. I don't, for whatever reason. There's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, back to WCW, Jim Ross continues his campaign against the WWF cage matches on WCW Pro using the line, quote, you know, the cage match is sanctioned by the Girl Scouts of America. That's effed up. I don't think they like that that damn blue bar cage. That ain't Southern wrestling.
3: I miss that one.
2: I, I do, too. I, I I think we're in the minority of people who like that cage. <sighs> Ah, uh, this one breaks my heart. Oz did not sign the dreaded three hundred dollar a night contract and is thought to be on the chopping block as a result.
3: Oh well, oh, I don't think he mean, gets chopped. I think he lies yeah. and leaves, doesn't he? Ah,
2: uh, no, this is the one where he—I don't know when did he become Vinny Vegas,
3: oh.
2: or is—or is there a gimmick between? Because this is the last show for Oz, but not the think, last show.
3: I think for Vin- Kevin Vinny Vegas is next, actually.
2: Okay, I don't think he was Vegas for long, was he? No, that's when he, he
3: lies to Oli and says he's getting out of the business, and then right. the yeah, and he shows up on Raw like a couple days later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he, well, that's right, yeah, he pops up in WWE in 93, yeah, so... Right before King I of the Ring. Right, yeah, King of the Ring is actually where he gets his name yeah. uh, for the first time, so... Now in the archives. Right, yes, uh, last week. Uh, I threw this one in here just because it's a hilarious story. The GWF recently replaced the USWA on ESPN in the promotion. Tug, uh, Tug Taylor is being billed as, quote, the original tugboat. And Uncle Dave asks, why would you ever want to brag about that?
3: Okay, first of all, <laughs> before we go, I got to know, which UWA was this?
2: Uh, USWA, this was the, uh, the Memphis Territory. Yeah. So I don't know what GWF was. Not familiar with that. And I've never heard this of is... Tug.
3: This is 1991. We're in. Yeah. So tugboat's still a thing. Right. He's but Tug Taylor become, is the original. He's about to become typhoon soon. But yeah, right. <laughs> the original, because my great gimmick <laughs> was ripped from him.
2: I know. I just I had to put that in there because because Dave open Dave openly says, why would you ever want to brag about that? Like, I, you're right. <laughs> Got to give him his dude once in a while.
3: Oh my God.
2: It's not, it's not quite on this that kind of scale but yeah it's like uh oh i don't know all the people like if somebody fought over who the original doink was although actually
3: that's eh, that, that one, one actually got over because, yeah, but i don't i don't know if that works here because that was a thing um
2: yeah uh, i am just trying to think of a horrible like uh, like uh hector guerrero like coming out and admitting it's like oh yeah i was the um i i was i was a gobbledygooker like um dude you were on a mask you could deny
3: it <laughs> he danced with Mean Gene on Thanksgiving, dude. That's bragging rights, dude. And he said, "Gobbledygooker." <laughs> he didn't yeah. even say it. By the way, if you remember, Mean Gene, Gene just like, "You're the gobbledygooker." <laughs> he never yeah, said He's it like,
2: really. I "Don't tell me you're. Are you the gobbledygooker?" I'm like, oh gosh, why would you know this?
3: I like, just <laughs> pitcher, like, man, yeah, just God bless his heart, man. He, <laughs> Gene tried.
2: <laughs> you got to be thinking he was sitting there like. What did I do in my life to deserve this? Like, I go from training with Hulk Hogan to, are you the gobbledygooker? Anyway, that is uh, the news and notes. You ready to get into the bash?
3: Unfortunately. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick it's break. It's not that bad. I'm kidding, guys. Yeah, it, it really isn't. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Uh, before we do, real quick. Subscribe to the podcast if you were listening on the podcast feed, and leave a five-star review just like good old Uncle Dave on a Ric Flair match.
3: And when we come back, and if you're listening in Japan, we you can do seven.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I mean, he and if you can't yet, Uncle Dave is currently uh, lobbying Apple to uh, make that a a thing on Apple Podcasts. So <laughs> a special feature for Japanese listeners only. So <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back it's great american bash 1991 follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event
3: collector
1: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas and what's your
3: name uh, i'm alan, alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah
1: yeah,
3: we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah the that. mother same mother and father your room was oh, we share the room share the room For we right? share the room thought i knew your face yeah we go way yeah. back mate yeah. yeah we should do a podcast then uh, we have we do we do a we podcast we do a podcast what's it called the Broadcast. yeah that was planned yeah yeah, yeah well what do we do
1: Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Enjoy.
0: Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's.
1: Right now, get any size iced coffee for $0.99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.
2: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It is time to dive into WCW Great American Bash 1991. Uh, the di- <laughs> and we can actually call it WCW and not argue about NWA at this point because, like I said earlier, once they introduce their own titles, they're kicked out of the NWA. So, I there think we go. Out for yeah, and, uh, well, I don't know, Greg, because where are they now? And the is still they're, around. They're
3: currently on, on Peacock, so there you
2: go. Yeah, right. And, uh, well, and the n w a still running shows, so, you know, who got the better end of that deal, Greg? Two. <laughs> anyway, uh, the date was July 14th, 1991. Uh, we're covering these, by the way, we usually cover them in the month that they're in, but we're doing the bashes this month because next month we're going to talk more about like Bash of the Beach and stuff like that. So I didn't just want to have a full month of WCW. But the tagline is Legend versus Legacy. We, this took place at the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland,
3: which because where the hell like else would it? The, yeah.
2: Well, this was the this was like the go-to for them. They always held the bash, the Great American Bash, right here, in Baltimore,
3: Maryland. That was a thing with them. Like Halloween Havoc was always in Vegas, and I feel like Star Starcade yeah. was in Washington like 27 times. So. Uh,
2: Bischoff, I think Bischoff said he liked to have like consistent venues, so it was like, oh, this time of year we're going to be here. So, you know, all those people knew it's like, oh, the show is coming to to town, and yet yeah, this time, you know what I mean?
3: It's kind of brilliant.
2: I mean, I get his logic. Uh, and the reason it's in Baltimore, by the way, is Baltimore is literally like right down the road from Washington, D.C. But the attendance was 9,320. Pay-per-view buy rate was 1.0 for 145,000 buys. So not terrible. Mm, pretty, pretty decent, actually. But we start the show with a cameraman walking through a clapping, cheering crowd outside of the building. He walks in, he buys two tickets, maybe one for him and one for the camera.
3: Cool. Yeah, um, I, I like this, by the way. I thought it was have a nice touch.
2: Yeah, it was kind of cool. I mean, you didn't see a whole lot of the stuff, like the roaming camera where the guy, you know, you're like first person view going into the building. That was kind of cool. The only thing I laughed about was he was like, two tickets, please. And I'm like, aren't you alone?
3: <laughs> like, well, I mean, you, know, you could have somebody waiting in the wings.
2: Yeah. Uh, But then he walks into the main arena with a loud, cheering crowd. I I don't know. Yeah, the
3: cameraman's here. That was my first thought, by the way.
2: (laughs) Right. We can start the show. Yay. Because we're, you know, we can only afford the one camera, Greg.
3: So, and he's late. Anybody uh, watch AEW from, let's say, at the time of this recording, a couple weeks ago, (laughs) which was actually last night, there was an incident with you only got one camera. uh, Everybody watches it and sees the Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Nick Camarado match, which was yesterday main event. There's a there's a segment <laughs> like that. Where it was like the camera misses a bunch of stuff going on because apparently they only have one camera at ring. I don't understand the logic, but it flies there. I just I had a flashback uh, of that when I watched and I saw that last night. Um, but yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Tony what the Khan, hell happened?
2: <laughs> maybe Tony Khan can quit buying music and you know buy an extra camera. Yeah, right. Or I mean, use TNT, some they, of that TNT money. Pretty
3: sure they have good cameras. I'm pretty sure. Um,
2: um, I
0: will, I will say this. They have them great on there, so.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, according to Tony Schiavone, uh, for being a television company, at least when WCW was on there, he said they still had to pay for their own damn production. Like TNT was very like crappy about it.
3: Well.
2: Yeah. So. But either way, uh, yeah. So I don't know if this was a packed out house, but it sure as hell looked like it, and they were they were loud. That's cool. But speaking of Tony Schiavone, the commentary team for tonight is Jim Ross and a blonde Tony Schiavone. Uh, that looks—I don't know about you, man—but that looks like when I, if I see an owl in the middle of the day, it's just like, like, what's going on here?
3: Yeah. Um, I had a flashback <laughs> to when he debuted in TNA. Do you remember that?
2: Oh yeah, we had the shirt, shirt on with yep. a
3: shirt on, go- goatee and blonde spiked hair.
2: <laughs> he looked like he just came off a bender. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that was great. You know, yeah, I got Jim Ross and Tony Giovanni. I said, add in a masked mark and you've got yourself AEW Dynamite.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh,
2: come on. I, I had to. That's our second AEW reference of the podcast, by the way. Uh, but this first match, man. Yes, we're starting the show off with this. It's the Rap Master. PN News, baby. And beautiful Bobby Eaton. That's a hell of a combo taking on the computerized man of the 90s,
3: Terrence Taylor. That's and... terrific, Terrence Taylor.
2: Oh, good Lord. Not yet. Almost. I know,
3: them. but no, I want yeah. to say it.
2: Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, uh, and his tag team partner, stunning Steve Austin with Lady Blossom, who uh, Eric Bischoff said his favorite thing about her was that she was always blossoming out of her top.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no wonder uh, that was Steve Austin's first ex-wife.
3: And just remind me, what was Terrence Taylor doing before WCW? Do you remember? Just I forget.
2: Uh, Was this 91? Had he started crowing yet?
3: Yeah, he I did, have, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, that's, oh, my gosh.
3: <laughs> what was his name again? I just like saying it. I like hearing it.
2: The Red Effing Ass Rooster. Oh, man. Yeah. But this was the Skywalkers 2 scaffold, man. It went just over six minutes, just under six minutes, or six and a half minutes. You know, because if you're gonna have a, a sequel to
3: the Skywalker's, man, I mean, PN News. Oh, Lord knows they had to bring it up extra. But um, my first <laughs> thing was, how did they get away with using this name?
2: Uh, what Skywalker's? Yeah. I sure uh, they did for years. I don't know. I guess I assume Skywalker's trademark. <laughs> but I don't know, man, because they always used to put on shows like uh Dallas. The Dallas territory was big for this. They always used to put on. The wrestling Star Wars.
3: Hmm. So, and. Maybe copyrights and stuff just weren't hard to get around back then.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, copyright was weird way back you when. you know, if they
3: tried know. that today, Disney, oh, Dis- would, Disney would, like, hit them with a freaking guillotine.
2: Before they even put out their first flyer, Disney would be bending them over a table. You know, <laughs> with no Vaseline. <laughs> no spit! You're yeah, right. Can I at least get the spit? No, you don't get the spin. Huh? Oh man. What the hell? <laughs> First off, scaffold matches suck. I'm just gonna That's say Jim they, Cornette. they they suck. Who who saw this and thought we should do more?
3: Well let's not forget. Prince Russo brought it back in uh, WCW too, so Uh
2: wait, wait he brought it back in WCW?
3: Yeah, it was Billy Kidman and somebody against Shane Douglas. Tory Wilson.
2: Oh hell!
3: We're gonna have oh. to review that. I think it might have been a slam or something like that. So it's coming up.
2: <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
3: Actually, slam brie, yeah. 30 pass. Uh, I don't know what month, what when it was, but they did it.
2: <sighs> I remember he had a version of it in TNA, the uh, elevation X. That,
3: one that one was, was so th- bad. That one didn't
2: suck, uh, but it wasn't great. I just that was I like just, the best of a crap match type.
3: I'm like, eh, it's got Rhino in it. That's weird, weird but AJ. Could do something, so...
2: Yeah. Ugh, well, anyway, to win this one, you can either chuck your opponent off the scaffold, which, you know... death, woohoo,
3: uh, Or... Bro, someone's gonna die, bro.
2: Yeah, PN News is gonna get his big ass thrown off the scaffold, he's gone forever, bro. <laughs> but, but you can either throw somebody off the scaffold, or you can capture the flag from your opponent's side.
3: <sighs> and why the hell wouldn't you throw? money I on mean, a flag that's not gonna settle these tickets.
2: I know, right? But PN News stands at the edge and does absolutely. Shivani excuses this as news quote protecting his flag. Sure.
3: <sighs> uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember if when I was a kid at like PN News. I don't remember. He seems like uh, somebody I would like because he was a babyface, but like looking at him, like why the hell was this guy a wrestler?
2: Yeah, he sucked so bad. <laughs> He was awful. Nobody ever—I'll say this: nobody has a story about him saying he was a—he was a bad dude. But everybody has a story about him saying, "Man, he sucked, and he should have never been there."
3: Didn't they all say the same thing about Jenkins Gonzalez?
2: Yeah. Oh, he was a great guy, but god dang, he should have never been in the ring. Uh, wish you're getting ahead of me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, finally, PN News does something, but it's not much. They kill the crowd in the first match here. Eaton finally grabs the heel's flag and has to pretend that he's a complete moron, not able to just easily walk his ass back to his side. Uh, Lady Blossom cl- hands Steve Austin some hairspray, which he sprays in the eyes of Bobby, and PN News both. Randomly, with no bell, they just announce that Eaton the news of one WTF. Uncle Dave... Oh, go ahead.
3: No, no, yeah. I was just sighing. He was like, yeah, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, all well, you can really say. Uncle Dave says, quote, Suffice it to say this was one of the worst matches in history. What does it say when the booker takes three of the best workers and sticks them in a match where they can do nothing at all? Yeah. Uh, he also said that it was completely stupid that they added the capture the flag aspect to this. And it's like, it is stupid, but who the hell is gonna take that bump? Jim Cornovit. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. I like his his line where he said, because Big Bubba was supposed to catch him, but he missed. And he said, oh, he lost me in the
3: lights. (laughs) (laughs) Like the freaking baseball and like the sun or something. Yeah, right.
2: Uh, But Uncle Dave gave this negative three and a half stars. I gave it negative two stars. And it takes a lot for me to give something negative stars, but the six and a half minutes felt like an eternity. What say you?
3: I, I didn't even want to rate it. I got I got away with giving zero stars because I never heard a bell.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a match,
3: unfortunately. Uh, I, I, I don't like saying zero, but, like, I'm going to because, like I said, I never heard a bell.
2: Yeah, and like I said, I don't like giving negative stars. I at least, you know, usually give, like, a dud, but this has earned all that negative. But getting into, uh, after this here, something that's messed up with the audio because... Shivani's trying to commentate on the end, but he's very faint. I don't know if you caught that.
3: I did, yeah.
2: And it's, I'm like, what the hell happened? Uh, finally, the baby faces went, or beat up the heels in the actual ring, and the heels take a powder to the back. Oh my gosh. But Jim Ross and Tony Shivani play up the main event, saying that WCW made another offer to Ric Flair, but it was tur- turned down. We now go to Eric Bischoff on the ramp. Uh, standing with Paul E. Dangerously and Arn Anderson, the crowd is chanting "Paul E. sucks" the whole time. I'm assuming that Paul broke all of his cell phones because it looks like at this point he's just carrying around the receiver to a cordless landline. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I was like, I don't think it's that's a like cell phone, way, dude. It's like quite a brick. I <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like, were you like, crap? I forgot my cell phone. Uh, here's a cordless phone. Good enough. They won't. These stupid southern
3: rubes won't know the difference. Either way, it's going to be broken over someone's head. Don't worry about it.
2: That is true. Well, Paul runs down Missy Hyatt and says that he would fear Rick Steiner if he didn't have Arden Anderson by his side. Anderson says tonight they'll be locked up tonight in a cage, and it will be for aggravated assault. He mentions that Scott Steiner's arm is broke, and if Missy Hyatt gets involved, he'll quote make a real woman out of her.
3: <sighs> yeah, that was said. I I couldn't figure out, by the no. way, if he meant he was going to do something sexual or hurt her.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm like. I, I don't like. How did you mean that? Because the way I'm thinking is like, I mean, any way is bad, but the way I'm thinking is very bad. <laughs> uh, when we go to the back or go back to Ross and Shivani for like five minutes, it's obvious that they're taking forever to tear down that stupid scaffolding yeah so i didn't catch that to...
3: till you just said that actually yep
2: yeah because they stalled forever well here's my reason
3: why the i didn't catch it either like a lot of wb back in the day had like 27 interviews in the back too during events so that's probably why i yeah. passed it off
2: <laughs> can you imagine they're just sitting in the back in ross's ear they're like kill time kill time more time you still need to kill time we got... they're still working on it I was
3: match, wondering, by the way, going back real quick to what I said about the Russo thing when you brought it back, I believe they had it in another part of the arena.
2: Mm. So, yeah. Uh, wow. They didn't put another ring up by the entryway like they did with the triple cage?
3: I think so. I think it was just, I don't remember what was under it, honestly. but
2: Yeah. It's kind of like when they had that Lion's Den match uh, with it, at WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania, right? Or SummerSlam? SummerSlam, yeah. SummerSlam,
3: now uh, yeah. in the archives, so reviewed that, days. yeah.
2: Yeah, it was in the theater of the uh, Madison Square Garden. But anyway, before the next match starts, Diamond Dallas Page and the Diamond Stud pull a random hot chick out of the crowd, or so they say, until you see her accompanying other people to the ring later in the night. Uh, so they kind of ruin the <laughs> illusion. But they get this uh, woman to rip the stud's overalls off of him. Not to be outdone. The Z man comes out with three hot chicks and bikini tops, so there's that
3: F and Z man
2: oh f, yeah, man. But we now get the diamond stud with Diamond Dallas page versus the Z man in nine minutes exactly That's a random, like it's not a big sticking point, it's like who cares, but uh, something I noticed on his Chiron and everything they spelled stud with two d's but yeah. on the back of his trunk, but on the back of his trunks it's one d.
3: I didn't catch that. Yeah,
2: because I was like, who's right? (laughs) I think it 2D, so... Okay. Because I do not trust WCW Chirons. Ever.
3: I'm also going to say I think the seamstress messed up.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It looked like it was bedazzled by a five-year-old. Did did you notice that? I just just... thought it was supposed to look like that. It, It looked like crap. I'm like...
3: This is a professional shit. Like whatever. He's one year away from being a huge star. It's fine.
2: <laughs> right. And, and and uh, he's he's one year away from impersonating uh Tony Montana. Uh, but from the ramp, the Z-Man leaps over the top rope to clothesline Diamond Stud and DDP both. In the end, DDP gets in, gets into the ring and gets a big boot from the Z-Man. He tries to go over the top, but he messes it up and just flops out of the ring instead. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he didn't get that good jump to get over the top rope. The stud then hits a bridging back suplex on Z-Man for a three-count. It's a odd finish, but whatever. Uncle Dave gave it one and three-quarter stars. I can't imagine what shaved off a quarter, but I gave it <laughs> 2 <laughs> Let's say you.
3: I gave it one, dude. I hated this.
2: Really? Uh, I didn't bad. think it was terrible, but... Yeah, I just... <sighs>
3: I, I, when I start getting to the point, I'm like, why is this match happening? Like, yeah, there's a problem.
2: <laughs> I said that about a lot of the matches on this card, to be <laughs> honest with you, but... Yeah, I don't know. The F and Z, man. <sighs> Who, you I know, mean, I didn't Tony... say...
3: I didn't say what I... Go ahead. I, was, I didn't say about the... um what it, About the scaffold match, because it wasn't a match, to be fair, so...
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, by By the standard definition of a match, it technically was, but I get your point... Uh, this, yeah, I, I don't know. This was something, but Tony Schiavone thinks that you know, I, and you can't really deny it. That Tom Zink was a very pretty man. So there's that. You know, he, yeah,
3: now I you know why, know why they kept him on. It, so. Oh yeah.
2: I wonder if only he had that intangible it factor and maybe a better name.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, well, I don't know. The Z-Man kind of worked.
2: It was okay, but it's like Tom... It did
3: it's scream 80s, I'll say that, but...
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, from Diamond Stud to this. Uh, for Oz in the next match, they set up that stupid-ass castle on the stage again, because if you're going to spring for money on something, it's got to be this. Uh, the arena fills with smoke as the lights turn green, pyro blows, and electric guitar music plays. And Oz walks to the ring in his cape, old man mask, and a giant wizard hat. Ugh. He, uh... Wait, he's, also got, he's also got the wizard with him, which is uh, Kevin Sullivan in a mask and wizard outfit. They didn't have the monkey in lo- a I, diaper on this one.
3: I loved that they used... God, I mean, he gets in trouble for this. The really small man. It's like, oh, you know, we need a wizard... Who's the smallest dude? Let's get Kevin Sullivan. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
2: Sullivan, you're like half his size. Come on.
3: There was no little Hornswoggle back then, so.
2: Right. Hey, look, that monkey's got a Sullivan on his ass. (laughs) Uh, I had to get it in. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. It's Oz with the Wizard taking on the All-American Ron Simmons. Went just shy of eight minutes. Uh, you know, I felt like this one could have went longer, Greg.
3: You know. Yeah, it's... yeah. I mean, it felt <laughs> when I was into it.
2: Uh, yeah, right. Just when it started getting good. Uh, but how did Ron Simmons pull the short straw for this one, man? Hot damn.
3: Because he, he's about to be world champion, so you do whatever you're told, just like Bobby Lashley with that stupid uh, affair crap. Look what it paid off to. So he's fine. That's what I'm going with.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was horrible. Uh, you could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton during this one, man. Nobody gave a damn. Uh, in the uh, end, Ron Simmons hits three shoulder tackles on Oz's legs, and then the wizard gets on the apron, Simmons punches him off, and then he hits a flying shoulder tackle on Oz for the win. Uncle Dave says, quote, this is the end for Oz, although Kevin Nash will probably be kept around with a new character. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? But anyway,
3: he I was gives the like, duck. <laughs> I I just like that you said in a a freaking wrestling match review, you actually said the words, The wizard gets on the (laughs) heat.
2: Yep. Oh, man. And this was not the end of Sullivan for the night, unfortunately. But Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I gave it one star. Let's say you.
3: I gave it a star. I will say this, okay, and I'll argue this I thought that Oz's entrance is awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a spectacle. So, if nothing else, that was cool. And then that damn bell had to ring. Thank uh, God Kevin Nash improved, man. <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you want about his lack of ability later on, but he was a million times better than this. But after the match, we get to see the alleged WCW Top 10. They include uh number 10, Johnny B. Badd. Number 9, Ron Simmons. Number 8, Diamond Stud, 7 is El Higante, 6, Arn Anderson. 5, Bobby Eaton. Four Steve Austin, three Sting, two Barry Windham, and one Lex Luger. Ugh, these rankings meant nothing.
3: Nope. I, I I think when I SmackDown wanted... tried to do it for a minute.
2: <laughs> yeah, for what, two weeks, I think. I I don't know if just... it
3: was I don't even know if it was that.
2: Yeah, it was not long. Every company that's ever tried to do a top even shoot companies like you know, the UFC, anytime they try to do a ranking system, it's meaningless.
3: EFC's got a little better about it.
2: Yeah, but you Funny and I bit. would always, t- you and I would always talk about it. it's like, why is the number six in the world fighting for the title? they <laughs> like, because everybody's hurt.
3: Because he's better than number seven. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Uh, you know, up until now, they've done literally everything they can to kill this hot crowd, and. I don't know that this next match is going to make it much better, but it's Robert Gibson taking on Richard Morton with Alexandra York in his corner. This went about 17 minutes.
3: I want to say real quick that this was a really—I uh, I take this for its work, or take this however you want—a really anticipated match because it was put off for a long time. Yeah. Like, it's like okay, it's finally happening. <sighs>
2: yeah. But
3: I'm not to say uh, well, it's going to hinder my review. I'm just saying they waited forever.
2: Yeah. Well, Gibson jumps Morton on the ramp to jumpstart this. I feel like Morton should have changed his look up a bit for this gimmick when he joined the York Foundation.
3: So my first like note is let's talk about his hair.
2: It, let's talk about everything, <laughs> like the hair, the tights. I mean, he's still wearing his he still looks like he's one half of the Rock and Roll Express. Like He doesn't say the Rock and Roll, though. Oh, well, at least that's changed. And he's not Ricky Morton anymore. He's Richard Morton. So, you know, that's a big change, man. Oh, God. But yeah, this uh, Morton rips Gibson's tights to reveal that he has a brace on his formerly injured right knee. In the end, Alexandra York distracts the referee as Richard Morton comes off the top rope to smack Robert Gibson in the back with York's laptop for the win. Some in the crowd throw garbage into the ring. I can't imagine giving this much of a damn about this match. Uh, I just wasn't into this feud. I didn't buy it, and I think the WCW audience was kind of with me on this one for the most part.
3: Well, Uncle there's a they, reason they go back to being Rock and Roll Express like in five minutes.
2: <laughs> I feel like this was better on paper than it was in execution.
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: do you feel that way? I do. Yeah. So
3: just, anyway, I, Uncle know, Dave, I mean, I, I know this. The... The story has been told and wrestling many, many times over the past decades. Partners fighting, now all right. a sudden enemies. It didn't work here. Yeah. And I like the Rock and The Express, but they're never going to be singles wrestlers. I'm sorry. No, they I mean, were like
2: historic tag team, but yeah,
3: like teams right now, like uh, the Bucks or the Usos, or you know, just
2: what uh, the Yotta, uh,
3: they're never going to be single stars, and that's not a bad thing.
2: The Street Profits.
3: Yeah,
2: exactly.
3: I, I, mean, I don't know. I think Ford could be, but. Yeah, I think I Ford's think it's great, going to be.
2: <laughs> yeah. And what's uh, the, the other one? Uh, yeah, Angelo Dawkins. I mean, he tried doing single stuff before they paired him up with Ford, and it just. Eh, nobody cared. It was like, oh, yeah, he's the dude with the two headbands that comes out stirring, like stirring the air. Like, all right, cool. But Uncle Dave says, technically not bad, but there was no heat, and it seemed to drag on as a result. It definitely freaking did. I was watching the time. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I gave it two and a half stars, because I thought it was at least average. What say you?
3: I gave it two. It was okay.
2: Yeah. That's the most glowing praise we can give. It was average, and it was okay. (laughs) Okay. But all right, in the back, Eric Bischoff is, is standing by with Dustin Rhodes and the young pistols of Tracy and Steve. Uh, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong, by the way. Tracy says that they're coming for a fight. Steve says that after the Freebirds are gone, they're going to take out Big Daddy Dink. Real uh, name. Which is Sir Oliver Humperdink, for all of you that don't know. He was dressed as a biker because, you know, Whatever. And then Dustin Rhodes does a weird impression of his dad. Did you catch that? No, did he? Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't doing it in a comedic way. He was acting like this is how he talked. And he said this is the greatest night of his career because he's doing the lisp and everything. He's like, Dustin Dustin, Rhodes is the greatest night of my career, baby. And I'm like, you don't talk that way. (laughs) Like, what the hell? Maybe
3: I was just blanking.
2: Yeah, go. D- now that I said that, go back and listen. He's doing the list. He's trying to do his dad's cadence. He's trying to be Dusty Rhodes Jr. So, I mean, whatever. But uh, we're going to be talking more about him next week, by the way, on King of the Ring 96. But stay tuned. <laughs> this next match is a six-man elimination tag team match between the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes, Jimmy Jam Garvin, and Bad Street. <laughs> In their corner, they have... Big Daddy Dink. Uh, they're taking on Dustin Rhodes and the Young Pistols of Steve and Tracy. This one went 17 minutes. That's hot damn! I, I, I've said this before. I don't give a damn about these this version of the Freebirds.
3: Yeah, for anyone wondering, Jimmy Jam Garvin is not Joey Janela. So
2: it might be his father, though, illegitimate no <laughs> or otherwise. But well, the Freebirds are carrying the NWA United States Tag Team titles and what I assume are the WCW six-man tag belts. I I don't know. Maybe they said it on commentary and I missed it. But Bad Street looks completely stupid. <laughs> are you with me on that one? Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, he looks like an idiot. But he was previously named Fantasia, which, by the way, is still written on the back of the Freebirds tights. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, but no, threat- Man, yeah, but they were threatened.
3: I feel like I was watching. I must have been falling asleep watching. I don't know. Well, that's not a good sign. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't blame you with this one.
3: I came during yeah, 96. Let's jump ahead. That one had my attention the whole way through.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, But either way, they were threatened with legal action by Disney for obvious reasons. What did we so just
3: they- say, by the way? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, even back in 91, Disney was getting ready to bend them over. <sighs> but. This match would get going and then stall for another like three to four minutes to the point of killing any and all excitement. Steve tries to unmask Bad Street, but Hayes stops him, leading to a double DDT, eliminating him via pinfall. Bad Street, by the way, is Brad Armstrong. For anybody that doesn't know.
3: Hayes, A.K.A. B.A. Uh, A.K.A. Uh, what was, what well, was that uh, hippie gimmick you did? Buzzkill. Oh, buzzkill, yeah.
2: He was also a rack the man. He was the goddamn Candy Man. Uh, yes, he literally had a gimmick where he was named the Candy Man, and he would come to the ring, passing out candy to children. Because that's not weird. And he wasn't even missing a puppy, so what the hell? <laughs> He's just like, hey, little kids, you want some candy? <laughs> like, nobody, like Jim Hurd never once sat and thought maybe this is creepy. Nope, it's they'll love it.
3: I wanted to see him in seven as a team so bad. Oh, man.
2: Oh, right. I know. And and at that point, they were using vehicles. He could have drove a panel van to the <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: He's. We're getting a letter. He's like,
2: I got a grave. <laughs> he's like, I got a hole in my backyard. It's just your size. <laughs> and he went, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, God.
3: I didn't touch that one.
2: <laughs> Hayes instantly back body drops Tracy over the top rope, leading to him being Disqualified. Because that was a thing. Uh The referee gets distracted, missing a tag to Dustin, leading to Tracy getting double ddt for the elimination. Next, Dustin hits a running lariat on Jimmy Garvin and pins him, leading to Dustin versus Bad Street as the final two. Because, you know, that's who I would have called. Uh Finally, Dustin hits a running bulldog on Bad Street, doing a running kick to Dink in the process. I actually thought that was kind of cool.
3: This Not v- the Dink.
2: Yeah, no, not not uh, the clown dink. This was uh, the big fat guy dink. <laughs> anyway, uh, this leads to the final pinfall elimination and the win for Dustin. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average and interesting. What say you?
3: I'll give it two. I don't know why I was saying this. Uh, no, I'm going to give it one. I, I fell asleep during it. If I'm really? being real with you, it was <laughs> off.
2: Yeah, 17. Minutes I want to give it to like Michael Hayes. For... Long.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, this this was way too effing long for this. I'll say. I just. Uh... And I think the reason they had it well, come know, to come down.
3: We can say this about the last two matches now too, by the way. I you know. Way too much time.
2: Yes. And never, ever, ever give Michael Michael Hayes that much damn time. Excuse me, Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. Just never.
3: I mean, at least if you're, you're gonna give him that much time, at least let like a. Good third of it be their singing in their entrance. I mean, if you tally it all up.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Not in ring stuff. But I do, looking do, do, do. back on it now, I think the reason they had it come down to Bad Street and uh Dustin was because they were the two best workers in the entire match. So
3: I am might argue Dustin was the best one this whole card, but
2: Yeah, he's he's up there, I'll say that. Funny, uh, I think I
3: said that about him last night on Dynamite too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, it's, it's weird. 50 years right? later,
3: man. Yeah, and I, I think I say this like a once a show, but it warrants it, man. That guy still looks good and can still go. Good. Yeah
2: think, brief. About, yeah, think about that. He was doing great stuff here. We're talking 30 years ago, three decades. He's still main eventing like major show, like uh, yeah, major shows for companies on TV.
3: Nice. And again. That's like a broken record, but he's still doing it at a high quality. Yeah.
2: <laughs> No, not one person is like, man, he should retire. Like, man. Yeah, so I don't know.
3: It's pretty sad when he's outworking a lot of these young guys.
2: Yeah, sad or awesome, one of the two, I don't well, know. Yeah. But...
3: It is Combo. awesome, but it's sad that like, <laughs> wow, you're telling me this 50-year-old man, he's probably over 50, right? Like, you're telling me this 50-year-old man's better than guys who should be in their primes right now? <laughs> you're I'm right, I know. It. Sorry.
2: Yep. <laughs> But this next match, man, was... Speaking of weird, it was the Yellow Dog versus Johnny B. Bad with Theodore R. Long in his corner.
3: (laughs) I just laughed at the (laughs) marquee.
2: I know. This was billed as the battle for the mask. It went six minutes uh, and it dragged on forever.
3: Uh, I Uh, I only dragged on for about five and a half minutes for me The finish got me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well... (laughs) Because it was by the th- finish. <laughs> by the way, the yellow dog walked to the ring with a yellow dog. Oh, well,
3: if That's you're going to be the yellow dog, what the hell else are you going to walk to the ring with, DJ? <laughs> ah, yeah. idiot.
2: I know, yeah, right. Yeah, I wonder where you find yellow dogs, you know, uh, in the middle of a cart. Yellow dogs
3: are us, I believe. Well,
2: well yeah, probably.
3: <laughs> uh, Does anybody you- know the yellow dog was, by the way. <laughs>
2: Oh, we'll get to it because there's a note I have in here. I I
3: just want to know if anyone knew beforehand. I sure as hell didn't. I mean, I was like seven this time, so.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, if you're a kid, yeah. But uh, this was, but this was one of them things where the mask guy is, you know, trying to hide his identity, but they're making it super obvious who it is as a joke, you know. Yeah. So. Eh. Okay, listen.
3: I'm gonna just, uh, kind of like expose some here. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going ahead and do it. I forgot who it was in watching this back. Oh, really? I really did, yeah. Like, oh, that's right, yeah!
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, they did this, this was, you know, a frequent gimmick of the territory days of, like, they had, um, uh, Jimmy Garvin came back, or, uh, not Jimmy Garvin, shoot, Boogie Woogie Man, can't think of his name, Jimmy Valiant, he came back with a mask, he was Charlie Brown from out of town, uh, Dusty Rhodes with the lone, the, uh, Lone Rider, or whatever the hell, I can't remember the name. Midnight Rider, that was it.
3: Yeah, which he dug up and dusted off for uh, TNA, I believe. Really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, uh, JYD was was I can't even remember the hell his name was, but yeah, so they did it quite a few times, and then they brought it back in WWE when Hulk Hogan came back as Mister America. You remember that?
3: You do. Yeah,
2: that was, I actually liked that. So, but either way. This is the wrestling debut for Johnny B. Bad, and by God, it looks like it. Jim Ross makes fun of a fan holding up a Johnny B. Bad sign saying, quote, I hope his mom and dad don't see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he said, All right, he, you know, you buy a ticket, you come to a show, and yeah, yeah can you imagine just bringing – you know, making a Johnny B. Bad sign? You know what? Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, holy God, he's just burying the fans and Johnny. Like, damn, Jim. <laughs> He was, uh, as Conrad likes to call him, Red Ass Jr. on this show. By the way, it, another thing, he blew the entire gimmick by calling the Yellow Dog Flying Brian right in the beginning of the match. <laughs> he just, and then he's like, he's like, oh, like, well, excuse me, uh, he, you know, he, he said he's the world's biggest Flying Brian fan, and and you know, and then Tony tries to cover it up, and he's like, well, you know, and he comes out to Flying Brian's music, you know, so it's, it's it's easy to get it confused, like. <sighs> Jim just killed the whole damn gimmick.
3: Well, <laughs> oh, to be fair, I think he knew this was stupid.
2: Well, absolutely. Yeah. And the yellow dog, like what the hell? Did, he did they what? Did they just have a yellow mask laying around and it's like, what the hell do we call you? <laughs> but these two are seen visibly calling spots to each other multiple effing times. The match ends when Long hops into the ring and jumps on Yellow Dog's back, trying to rip his mask off. This causes the disqualification. These two would have a much better match four years later at Fall Brawl 95, which, by the way, is now in the archives. Go
3: check it out. I don't believe that was one of our favorite matches that night.
2: Oh, yeah. It tore the damn house down. I'm not even being sarcastic. Uncle Dave says, quote, a very long six minutes. You don't say he gave it three quarters of a star which just seems mind-blowing i gave it a star and a half let's say you
3: i gave it a star only Old because thing this, ma- this, this thing was more about the mask or, or all that crap than it was anything else so
2: yeah and then you got jim ross blowing the gimmick You got the match sucking they're calling spots it's like uh it all was horrible but after the match, Johnny clocks Yellow Dog with a right hand, sending him out of the ring. Yellow Dog gets right back in, however, leading to Johnny and Theodore taking off. Good grief! Uh, well, I might want to hold in that good grief because this next segment, <laughs> yeah. man, this is something you know we've we've mentioned before about. It. It's like, man, that wouldn't fly in 2021. This. Well, let's get into it.
3: Nope. In the back. do the head ahead. <laughs>
2: Eric Bischoff is outside of Missy Hyatt's locker room. He follows a woman into the locker room that reads aloud a card to her from Jason Hervey. Bischoff, by the way, makes sure to tell us that Hervey is nothing like the character he plays on The Wonder Years. Because, <laughs> you know,
3: love, we all... He did, they did that, like, all the time when we saw him.
2: Yeah, which, yeah, because I, I totally thought he was, you know, he was that guy. I mean, what well, do Wayne you mean? He was an
3: asshole. Yeah, well... well you, gotta, you gotta say it, dude. I mean... What if like yeah. um oh god I'm blanking on his name you know, Negan what's his name
2: uh, uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan yeah
3: what if Jeffrey Dean Morgan showed up on on Raw do you, don't you think USA would want them to be like hey he doesn't really bash people's brains in with a bat wrapped in barbed wire
2: <laughs> yeah well, yeah it's like hey that that's just a character he plays on TV he's really a good guy you know it's like what what the f- like <laughs> but anyway uh yeah so. Bischoff goes through Missy's locker room, calling for her. He finally realizes she's in the shower and says, I love this job. Somebody's got to do it right. You know, because if somebody's in the shower, you got to bust in on them and get an interview right then and there, right? Hell oh, yeah. I, you know, that's proper protocol. So then he goes in, he perves on the now brunette, Missy Hyatt, as she's showering up, keeps looking at her and going, like, Oh, woof, man. Like, what the F is going on? going on. She finally turns around to see him in shock. She starts throwing bottles at him, calling him a peeping Tom as he runs out of the locker room.
3: What's the best word she could use.
2: Yeah, like what the F did we just see here? Ah, this was horrible. And again, I'm using that a little too early because up next (laughs) it is also, real quick, sorry, oh, go, I've go heard him it. talk
3: about Missy multiple times. He did yep. not like her.
2: No, and so he <laughs> laughed when she accused him of sexual harassment, and he was like, if I was going to sexually harass anybody, it sure as hell wouldn't be her. And I'm like, well, damn, dude. Then again, have you seen his wife?
3: Yeah, yeah. He's so doing okay he for himself.
2: But up next is Big F and Josh taking
3: on Black and... Blood. And who did we mention earlier in this spot? I forget, but there was someone we mentioned earlier.
2: Doink Uh, the uh, Clown. Yep, there you go. Which I got a note on that. But, yeah, Black Blood. Just one word. Because I I spelled it out, Black Blood. No, 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 no. It's one word. He's being accompanied by Kevin Sullivan. It is a Lumberjack match, which is clearly Big Josh's specialty.
3: (laughs) This was just over five and a half minutes. He looks like he should be tagging with Axel Jim Duggan, am I right? Yep.
2: Uh, Big Josh stepped it up, by the way, from Live Bears. This time, he has a bunch of beautiful women dressed like Ellie Mae from Beverly Hillbillies accompanying him to the ring. I'm
3: going to leave that obvious joke alone. Yeah. Anyway,
2: I still don't understand, by the way, what runs through Vince McMahon's head where he saw this man and thought, evil clown.
3: Uh, I turn into a nice clown after a minute, though.
2: Yeah, but he saw him as like, I'm going to make him an evil clown, like Krusty from The Simpsons.
3: Because his like, last gimmick was a clown.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on the monkey. <laughs> Second Mon- monkey oh. reference we got in. Anyway, uh, Black Blood, who, do you know who Black Blood was?
3: Off top of my head.
2: Billy Jack Haynes. Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. Uh, but he looks like an executioner, and he carries a giant axe to the ring.
3: Because if you're going to draw black blood, you need an axe. Right. Dick Slater
2: and
3: Dirty Dick, dick Slater. Mur-
2: well, is it... Are they both Dirty Dick? Yeah. I thought only one of them... Okay, well, either way. <laughs> the Dirty Dicks. <laughs> dick Isn't Slater God. and Dick Murdoch. Uh, are dressed like newsies at ringside for some reason. Either that or they're dressed like uh, bl- like the guys who show up when you got, like, gambling debts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. But these two beat the tar out of each other, uh, Black Blood and Big Josh, that is. The Lumberjacks end up fighting each other, causing a lot of mayhem. The crowd comes unglued right as Black Blood grabs his axe. But Dustin Rhodes clacks him in the knee with Big Josh's two by four. And Josh rolls Black Blood up for a small package pin because nobody kicks out of a small package.
3: Especially until 21.
2: Damn straight. Most deadly move in the, in the sport. But Uncle Dave says, quote, nobody cared, but the work was solid. Dustin Rhodes interfered for the Josh win, thus making it four people he single handedly beat on the same show. <laughs> like a boss. Right. Freaking Uncle Dave, like, freaking hated the Rhodes family. I think now he fondles himself to them, but he used to just, like, he had a vendetta against Dusty, man, and that transferred over to Dustin. Why?
3: Well, because Dusty wouldn't talk to him.
2: Yeah. He's like, well, Dusty's always putting it. Well, no, it's because he was friends with Ric Flair, and Ric Flair and Dusty didn't get along, therefore, you know, he had to hate him. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a quarter, or no, a one and three quarter stars. I gave it an even 2 stars. I thought it was an interesting brawl for what it was. What's the you?
3: I gave it two. I didn't hate it. Didn't love it.
2: Yeah, it wasn't completely awful or anything. It just mm, didn't, you know, really interest me all that much.
3: 47 body slams, though. Kept me intrigued. <laughs> right. I don't um, know why. I feel like every time I, I was like I'm taking a note. Oh, another body slam. Oh, another body slam. I was like, is that all you guys do? Like, I'm sorry. I'm not yep. trying to insult the deceased here, but man, what's the thing? It was terrible. Um.
2: Oh, big Josh. Yeah. Or Matt Bourne, whatever.
3: Yeah. So another thing. No. Why do they call him Big Josh when his name is Matt? Uh,
2: I don't know. And like, why did they think Big Josh sounded like a a lumberjack name? Because when I hear that name, I don't think lumberjack.
3: When I hear big anything, I think of like. A 500 pound dude yeah and i mean big he, news
2: yeah like he was muscular but yeah he wasn't like huge or nothing i don't know but he did have an impeccable tan i'll say that
3: yeah i mean he could have headlined one starcade any day any year any month of the year
2: yeah right but now we go to the, the perv eric bishop on the ramp to interview kevin sullivan and one-man gang before their match these two look like a combo of two drunk guys at a Judas Priest concert and Danny McBride.
3: It, either Talk about the, the contrast like... of uh, of a uh, uh, contrast of size here.
2: Yeah, I know, right? That also makes <laughs> that look, it funny.
3: They look like Arnold and Dan DeVito and twins.
2: Oh my gosh! But if you can if, if you can put these two oh, these yeah. two thoughts together, it's like two drunk guys at a Judas Priest concert. And Danny McBride and Channing Tatum from This Is the End. Yeah. <laughs> like, combine that. If anybody doesn't get that reference, go back and check out This Is the End. You'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, apparently, before this match, they shaved El Gigante's head. Sullivan cuts a promo. Yeah,
3: which Dave, pissed me off, by the way, because of the mullet. I know! No mullets! Like, what the f-
2: You get zero mullets in that match. It's- I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say.
3: I also always wondered, uh, what happened to his mullet? He just randomly went away one time.
2: Uh, who? Uh, Hig- El Gigantes?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, but Sullivan cuts a promo that makes David Bowie's dialogue and labyrinth sound normal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So something about a river of fear and the lady with a third eye and the death wagon. Uh, okay. He,
3: just, he did say they look like a couple of drunk guys, so there you go, there's that.
2: Like, I feel like Sullivan dropped some acid and just wrote crap out on a legal pad. It was like, I'm gonna say this on camera, brother. But now, El Higante comes to the ring carrying a little person and accompanied by three other little people. What. The. fuck?
3: <sighs> I don't even know what's going on. I was anymore. watching it back, and I'm like... I don't remember this being a thing. Yeah. I do, I, I'm trying, still trying to figure out like, what was the point. Oh, God, I, I might get heat for this. Was it a shot at Kevin Sullivan? Oh. Uh,
2: I, I don't know. It's like, the three little people are out there to combat the, the one short guy? <sighs> I, uh, but this match was one-man gang with Kevin Sullivan taking on El Gigante with four random little people. Uh, this was a. This was built as a come as you are battle of the giants. Whatever the f that means.
3: Uh, back then it meant yeah, however you were dressed, no wrestling gear.
2: Okay, well, but they were wearing wrestling gear.
3: Yeah. So my take on that is that's how they always are. <laughs>
2: They're just always ready.
3: Hey, have you ever seen John Cena do anything? He's always in his jorts and his wrestling gear.
2: I know. I gotten into uh-huh. arguments with people about that before. They're like, "Who's well, always ready?" I'm like. But
3: why? Excuse me, that's uh, Matt Cardona. He's always ready. I don't know where the hell they're getting. Yeah, right. I was like, it's
2: not like he's the hardcore champ. Like, what the frick, dude?
3: We call it 24-7 champ now, dude, okay?
2: Yeah. But this one went six minutes and 13 seconds. Six minutes too long. Uh, I'm sorry,
3: by the way, if anybody hears, like, a motorcycle in the back, some idiots revving it.
2: (laughs) Nice. Uh, But the four little people attack one man gang, and then Kevin Sullivan leaving gang to El Gigante. Eventually, Sullivan hands a pipe wrench to gang, who uses it on El Gigante. Sullivan ends up uh, even gets in on it. One man gang hits the 747 on El Gigante, but Gigante throws the big man off of the cover. Sullivan tries to go up top to interfere, but gang er and he gives gang some powder. Gigante kicks the powder into gang's eyes, lines his back. And then pins him for the win. Ugh. Uncle Dave gave this negative one and a half stars. I gave it one star because this was the best El Higante match I've ever seen, which is faint praise. What say you?
3: I gave it one star. El Higante sucked. Alright, the build
2: up package for the next match reminds us that Nikita Koloff clothesline stained with a chain on his arm back at Super Brawl, which we uh covered now in the archives. Uh, by accident, he was actually trying to hit Luger, and it cost them the match. Then, on WCW Pro, Koloff clotheslined Sting in the entryway with the chain and beat him up again. And at a recent Clash of the Champions, Sting was hanging out with a little stinger at ringside, and Koloff again clotheslined Sting with a chain and beat him down. Nikita then acted like he was, was a. That was a working
3: little stinger, right?
2: <laughs> and, uh, you never know. It might be a shooting one. Because Nikita acted like he was going to go after and attack the youngster, in the words of Tony Schiavone. Do you notice that he just kept calling him a youngster?
3: Yeah, he did that a lot. Uh, I believe he called Cody that it was on an episode of Nitro at oh, One Point.
2: Good lord, he has some weird terminology, man.
3: No, nah, that's a southern thing, I think. That's what I pass off at. I suppose.
2: Call, well, he should have called him a youngin'.
3: <laughs> no, I believe youngin' in, in, in that term is like your child.
2: Uh it could be. I don't know.
3: <laughs> but uh Jim Just Ross going off of what I've heard people say.
2: Yeah, maybe. But Jim Ross was there with the kid. He he tries to shield the kid and then the kid's mom for the the parent actually steps in on one of these. The mom stands in front of him to shield him. My question was where was the dad?
3: <laughs> I don't give a damn what dad you are. Are you gonna take on uh, Nikita, Nikita Koloff? Yeah, he's like, "Hey, would you hit a woman?"
2: He's like <laughs> holds his wife out there.
3: Uh, <laughs>
2: but uh yeah, that leads us to this. It's real Nikita quick. Ko-
3: can I go on a side note or a side tangent real quick? Yeah. yeah. What the hell did everybody see in Nikita Kola? Watch your stuff back, man. He is terrible.
2: Yeah, he wasn't very good. And uh, just I don't know. He was evil Russian. He was passable. But he
3: wasn't Russian, right? Correctly no, he mind. was American.
2: Yeah, because well, yeah, uh, I think Arne Anderson was talking about that. first time he came into the territory and he and he walked up to him and he's like, Hi, I'm uh, Marty Lundy. You know, Nice to meet you. And, and uh, he says something in Russian, whatever. And he's like, OK. And he said, and he went, I can't remember who he said he talked to. He was like, hey, you guys got yourself a shoot Russian. And they laughed and they're like, he's from Wisconsin or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, seriously? And they're like, yeah, no, that's just him. They're like he uh he lives the gimmick. He's like Oh okay,
3: that's admirable.
2: To an extent, Plus, but
3: they MJF said he just like to like, this day. Yeah, I feel like, I know, like okay if you, day, like he's old but you know what yeah, I mean.
2: <laughs> I feel like if you're out in public, okay. But if you're in the locker room, you're gonna kayfabe the boys, like really? Okay. I feel bad using that terminology like I'm a limey well, and I am a mark, <laughs> but this is Nikita Koloff versus Sting in a Russian chain match, which is different than a regular chain match because I guess he had this one imported. This Why one went about... chains? Russian Chains are Us, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this, uh, this match... Too a-
3: man. I like it, <laughs> Wow.
2: This one went a little over 11 and a half minutes. Koloff comes out to no music. Either that or they were playing music super soft to the point of where I couldn't even hear it.
3: Could have been uh, trademarked, too.
2: Yeah. Uh, but most of the first half of this match takes place outside of the ring, which is... Uh, Uh, interesting move. should surprise nobody. (laughs) Yeah, this was just an interesting move for this kind of match, so I don't know. This was like, you know, the, you gotta touch all four turnbuckles for those out there that are wondering the the rules. But so far, this is the best match of the night, in my opinion. Both men touch three turnbuckles, Sting hits the Stinger Splash into the fourth turnbuckle, causing Koloff to touch the fourth corner first and win, and Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. Uh, maybe I was just overly impressed because everything else has not been good. I gave it three. What do you say?
3: I gave it two. I didn't hate it, but like I said, Nikita's is not good. But his opponent, on the other hand, is quite good.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I felt these two did really well. I I liked this one, but yeah, it is what it is.
3: Uh, after the match, you've seen worse. Oh, can I say that? <laughs>
2: yeah, that's that is very true. Uh, they announced him, by the way, they announced, um, Koloff from Lithuania. So, mm. it, it's not from Russia. So, it's part of the, to put it in context, that was one of the places that Russia took over when it was the USSR. So, that's why it's, like, similar. But, anyway, they, they made sure to mention that. That's the only reason I know. But after the match, the men brawl until Sting gets thrown outside. He gets back in and he crotches Koloff with the chain for, like, the tenth time. I hope Nikita Nikita was wearing a cup.
3: That was like a thing with the chain back then. Yeah. Everybody had it nailed on their crotch.
2: Well, did you notice he did like 10 low blows in this one? I'm like, dude, enough. Quit beating up his junk. Hit him in the soft spot. (laughs) Maybe that was a soft spot. Yeah, right? But, uh, you know, I know we always take our break before the main event, but... The main event's not really much in this one, so we're going to take our break here. It's basically the main event. When we come back, we're going to cover the last two matches on the card, because there's not much to get into with the actual main event. So we'll be right back after this quick break to dig into the last two matches of the show. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show all right we are back and look i know you want to play up your main event but the build-up package for this claims it quote could be one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time um no it couldn't
3: (laughs) this is off the heels of orton and edge
2: (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Along the vein of the important image.
2: Yeah. At least that one was more realistic. This one was Lex... And and don't get me wrong, I love both these guys. But it's Lex Luger and Barry Windham in a cage. No. (laughs) It's no. But alright. Also in the video, we get to see that that, uh, WCW officially ditched the old US title. And they got their own brand new one that they would carry on until they shuttered. So... But alright, it's Barry Windham taking on Lex Luger in a steel cage match for the vacant WCW World's Heavyweight title, the brand new off-the-line WCW title. How did you feel about this title, by the way?
3: I was looking at it during this too. I was like, eh, yeah, I didn't hate it, but it looked like an undercard title to me.
2: I could see that. I, I like the look of it. Um, I don't know. I felt like it, it reminded me of, like, uh, like they tried to rip off something from the WWF, maybe.
3: Yeah. Uh, but
2: I don't know. It was. It made it into a couple of video games.
3: Yeah, it so. did. It's still in current day 2K uh, game. So there's that.
2: Yeah. Because you can have the big gold, or you can have this. There you go.
3: I mean, uh, I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate it. I just felt like it was lazy.
2: Yeah. But what did I say earlier? Oh, First of all, this went about 12 and a half minutes for a world title match in a cage. Uh, what did I say earlier, Greg, about not trusting WCW graphics?
3: Yeah, right.
2: As Barry Wyndham's entrance graphic reads, Barry Windam. <laughs> no age. <sighs>
3: Just What's like funny to me is I thought they had these all pre-made. Yeah.
2: What remember when they had the sign the big ass sparking sign for Ric Flair that read R-I-C-K Flair?
3: Yes. That they that, that 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 tells that. me they had some Um, uh, external help.
2: Yeah, well, and it also tells me that they had no quality control. They just, they were like, eh, who gives a damn? Put it
3: up Quality control and double check and fact checkers.
2: I know. It's like, "Eh, you guys sucked. But why can't this company ever spell their damn wrestlers' names correctly? That's what I want to know. The match starts... (laughs) I'm going to say
3: this. Wyndham is kind of a unique name. So there's a couple ways to spell it. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that's what I think happened. So.
2: Yeah, but they should have freaking known, especially for their damn world title match. It's just whatever. But the crowd starts this match by chanting, "We want Flair!" Killing this before it ever got started.
3: Yeah. I I just I I get that it sucks, but man, what a compliment.
2: Right? I'm sure Flair was just like trying to hide his erection when he saw this.
3: Oh yeah, you know Rick Flair is known for hiding his erections. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's
2: true. You got me. But towards the end of the match, Harley Race and Mr. Hughes walk to the ring in suits. What
3: combo? A motley clue, Crew for you,
2: <laughs> right? But while Barry Windham is telling Mr. Hughes off, Harley Race comes up to Lex Luger outside the cage and he says, "Now it's time," which apparently means Luger hitting a running knee to the back of Windham, and then he hits a pile driver and he pins him for the win. Man, what a heel move, right? You know. Beating him fairly. All right. Uncle, Uncle Dave says, "quote, kind of a tough situation for them because the whole crowd was there to turn on the match, and they could not have had a good enough match to turn them back." Lots of. Near I think fall. they were
3: there to turn on the company, honestly. That's
2: that's true. Uh, lots of near falls and good moves, but Barry had a bad knee, and Luger is Luger. End quote. Oh he shit! Always, I know he always crapped on Luger. I especially during this era, I thought Luger was great. When Uncle Dave and I both gave this three stars. What say you... I did, too. I loved it. I, I thought it was thought well it was really above good. average. Yeah. The first time I... I feel like... Because I've seen this before. I feel like the first time I watched it, I liked it better. And I watched it back, and I'm like, it was good. But I've seen Barry do better with other people. I've seen Lex do better with other people. But they did fine, especially for Barry being slipped in at the last second. So... It is what it is.
3: That poor guy, you gotta give him a lot of credit, though. It was like, man, he came in a tough situation.
2: Oh, I know. And then they had to deal with the We Want flare chance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. But after the match, Harley holds up Luger's arm in victory before they leave. Barry Windham looks like, how we all feel, confused. <laughs> Oddly enough, this is not the main event. Why? Don't know. Because you always end on a short gimmick match, right?
3: Hell yeah. Have you ever seen Saturday Night's Main Event? Yeah,
2: but this is a freaking pay-per-view, like, and one of their biggest at the time. (sighs) I don't know, but yeah, I'm still, like, I think everybody was confused. They're like, so we got a double turn, I guess? And also, for those out there that don't know, during this time, Barry Windham had a bounty out on the yellow dog that whoever could unmask him, he'd pay a bounty. So... So, that Wyndham's
3: gone? Windham's a small dude, so he couldn't do it himself.
2: Yeah, well, the Widowmaker has to have help. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he brought that up. Well, you should be slapped for that.
2: I kind of like that nickname, the Widowmaker. I mean, I don't like that as just his name, but, but it's like, uh, that kills that gimmick dead. So now he's a babyface, I guess? I don't know. And Luger's a heel for reasons. A heel. <laughs> but this is our actual main event. It is and I'm not stuttering here. Arn Anderson and Paulie Dangerously versus Rick Steiner and Missy Hyatt in a mixed match tag team cage
3: match. Whew. Man. Took the yeah. words right out of my mouth.
2: Yeah. It went 2 minutes 8 seconds.
3: 2 wow. minutes 7 seconds too long. <laughs> The
2: hardliners, which was Dick Slater and Dick Murdoch, show up again to kidnap Missy Hyatt to start the match, making Rick look like a complete moron because he did nothing.
3: Oh, yeah, that's what makes Rick Steiner look like a moron.
2: <laughs> oh, man, we crap on him on like a weekly basis, I've noticed.
3: Well, I know how you do.
2: Yeah, well, he, he had it coming for me. <laughs> but a fan punches Dick Murdoch right in the face as he passes. Did you see that? I did not.
3: He, wow, punches I gotta, in, uh,
2: he punches him in the face and he drops Missy. <laughs> wow. and, he's, and he like pulls back his fist like he's ready to cold cock the guy and then he thinks better of it. And Dick Slater, I think Dick Slater was like, whoa, 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 come on, come on. And Murdoch is like, brr. And he picks up Missy and they walk on. Dude, wow. it's plain as day. This guy in the front row is just, just like out of nowhere. Bam!
3: I gotta go back and watch this.
2: I was like, holy crap, that guy's got cojones of steel. You're going to just, like, haul off on Dick Murdoch? (laughs) Like, damn, dude. He might
3: have legit killed him.
2: Yeah, I wonder if Murdoch pointed that guy out to security and was like, bring him to the back after the show. I want (laughs) to have a discussion with him. They used to do that, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows that, but... Anyway, Arn comes off the top and gets Steinerlined out cold... Rick then beats up Paul, hits a Steiner line on him, and then pins him. Uncle Dave and I both gave it a dud. It sucked. What say you?
3: Gave it a star.
2: <laughs> wow, it's quite a compliment.
3: I was like, honestly, I mean, maybe I missed something, or clearly I didn't, but I was like, <laughs> was this a dark match after, and they're just throwing it on here for our benefit?
2: No, nope, what's going on? Was...
3: That's what I thought it was.
2: Yeah, no, this is a played up main event that they've been talking about throughout the whole show. Like, it was a big deal. Like, why? And I get the appeal of how, ha- like, I, well, not the appeal, but I get why they had two cage matches back to back. Because you don't want to set it up, tear it down, put it up again. But, why not this and then the title match?
3: Because so we don't want to making sense now, do we?
2: Yeah, this, just, like, what the freaking hell, dude? But Rick Steiner runs out of the cage and to the back because now he's going to go save Missy Hyatt.
3: you got to get the match done first. Oh,
2: yeah. But now we go back to Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone to wrap up the show, and then a metric ass ton of pyro blows on the stage and above the ring, and that's how we end this one. Good Lord. That's a mercy killing right there. (laughs) But we're going to take our final (laughs) break of the show. When we come back, it's the final ratings and what's to come next week on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Fubo TV offers you live sports and TV without the overpriced cable. Fubo TV offers 100 channels, live and on demand, plus over 130 streaming in 4K, and a cloud DVR is included. The Fubo TV app is available on all smart devices, so you can watch what you want when you want. There are no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. Cut the cord and sign up for your free trial at Fubo.tv today. Fubo TV is a sponsor of the main event, Marks, and Unhandy Sports Network. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show all right we are back final readings time everybody a wrestling observer reader poll gave this event zero percent thumbs up 99.2 percent thumbs down and 0.8 percent thumbs in the middle oh man imdb gave it 5.8 out of 10 cagematch.net gave it an astounding 2.54 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. It F. What do you say? Give it an F. Yeah. This blew all kinds of ass.
3: I know it was missing flair, and I know that's what everyone wanted, but would that have really saved this show?
2: Yeah, I was just about to say, it's like, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, Rick Flair versus Lex Luger would not have saved this show. <laughs> at all. <sighs> just why? There were so many matches that even if they weren't horrible, they gave them way too much time. And they sucked.
3: Whole thing sucked.
2: Whole thing sucked! But what will not suck, ladies and gents, is coming up next week, I'm really looking forward to this. Next week is actually our two show week where we will have a regular show on Wednesday and then our bonus show on Friday. Next Wednesday is WWF King of the Ring 1996. It is the 25 year anniversary of the show.
3: One of the all great pay- all-time great pictures by the way.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, I assume you watched this one live? I did. Nice. Yeah, I was not quite watching wrestling yet. But man, I watched this one back and I loved every second of it. Not to give away anything, I, not to say that like everything on the show was like you know seven stars in the Tokyo Dome, whatever. But it was it was a it was a good show, very entertaining. Uh, you know, for one reason or another.
3: And Interesting it was, moment in this show that we'll talk about during it's uh, right after the very first match. Yeah,
2: and it's of.
3: Uh, I think it's the it, only time this has ever happened in wrestling history to this day. I could be very wrong on that.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, well, I'm interested to talk about that. There's a lot of historic stuff on the show, too.
3: There's, uh, well, I mean, there's you know, one very historical moment.
2: Right. I mean, there was the birth, you know, I, I, obviously, you know, everybody knows. I mean, it's not like a spoiler or anything. It was, you know, the birth of the Austin 316 thing. And, and the much less talked about the birth of, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Yeah. That was the first time he broke that out. So, there's that.
3: like uh, how it was all on a whim, too. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Austin I wa- was born accidentally.
2: Yeah. I was watching his A&E documentary uh, or biography, whatever, when he was talking about that. And he said, he was like, yeah, I didn't really have anything to finish the promo wa- with. And I was like, well, I need to put an exclamation point on it. So, I was just like, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. He's like, I just said it. And he's like, and it's stuck.
3: So, and I, actually, I accidentally made a trillion dollars with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, whoops, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, and the other thing we talked about, this is this is the next, very next pay per view after Beware of Dog, which is now in the archives.
3: We're hovering a lot in this era.
2: We are, just because of the anniversary. So I'm Beware just, of
3: I'm just, I just point out, like, I think it's a forgotten era. That was fun.
2: It really was, and like I said, it was a transition, rebuilding period. I mean, you're going to see that a lot, even with Stone Cold, and with Shawn Michaels, and and. Different talents and whatnot. Brett was not here. I think Brett was off acting at this point. He was, I think, he was doing Lonesome Dove or whatever the hell.
3: I think this was, yeah, the '96. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he thought he was going to be a big actor, and um, well, uh, not exactly. <laughs> but uh, either way, we talked about on the last, you know, Beware of Dog show. It was Mike, it was Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog for the title. Didn't impress anybody. Wasn't a very good match. Well. This one cleared that bar and then some. I'll just say that.
3: So, again. There's a couple of – there's a moment in here that 12-year-old Greg marked out, too. We'll get to that, too. (laughs) But you know what it is. Uh, Perhaps. You know what? I'm going to give you – I'm going to easy on the editing, so – but you know what I mean.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk about that all next week. And then the bonus show next Friday is WCW Great American Bash. 2,000, the very last Great American Bash.
3: Not to uh, spoil anything, but we're going to give you a good show and then some, well, that.
2: Well, well we got to wash the taste of of uh a great out of your mouth with some crap. I mean, well, what, what yeah, we, yeah, we, we do buy... a
3: really different palate cleanser on this show. <laughs>
2: You're right. Well, I just now realized both of the Great American Bashes I booked this month suck. <laughs> I mm. and, and last year we covered Bash '96, and that was a damn good show.
3: Much One like of the, King of the Ring '96, it was. I didn't even realize that, dude. Like in that in that month. Yeah, it's uh, great wrestling. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, that's I don't, really good. I've ever pieced that together till now. It all happened in June. That set up like you, the glorious future of wrestling. Wow. Yep. You I'm have the smart right now. Sorry, sorry. Uh, well, you. <laughs>
2: Well, you uh, kind of had a, the start of the NWO, you know, with with uh, a big moment from uh, the Bash '96. If you go back and listen to that, and there, you know, and obviously the big moment of the birth of Austin '316 at King of the Ring '96. So yeah, two huge things that would change the industry forever.
3: Piece it together. Happened the exact same month.
2: Right. I know. It's my. It's it's nuts to think about. But yeah, Great American Bash '2000 for the people that don't remember. Uh, Hulk Hogan took on Billy Kidman. Sting and Vampiro were in a Human Torch match. Uh,
3: oh yeah. You thought Hogan and Kidman yeah. sounded weird? Wait, you hear this one? That that looks like a five star classic compared to this Human Torch crap. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean crap,
2: Greg? That that was some good quality wrestling. All right, like like. Bro, Blue, he's gonna be lit on fire, bro. Well, you know, like Blue Fez and uh, Car- Carl Gotch were, you know. It, 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 I don't know, it was like Shut they up. they resurrected. Shut the hell up. <laughs> this was good. I'm not even going to let you finish. <laughs> and, like, Pat O'Connor was, like, rolling in his grave for this one. I don't even know if he was dead at this point.
3: Uh, but, yeah, someone was rolling in their grave for sure, but not for the reasons you imply.
2: I want to remind you all one more time, we are sponsored by FuboTV and Fanatics. Click on the links down in the podcast description. And we are live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m pacific on unhinged sn.airtime.pro and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you are listening on the podcast feed and you can get all the archives on there thank you for joining me today greg Mm -hmm. and we're sorry to start you out so early into our year two with all this crap but hey next week will be better with king of the ring
1: 1996